0: All right, hello, Crossroads. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Week. I don't know if you got a Valentine this week, but God has one for you in just a minute. For right now, if you would take out your outline, you can follow along as we walk through the message today. Fill in some blanks if you'd like. Um, But we're continuing our series, Transformed. And we've been learning how God wants to transform each of us in every area of our lives, spiritually, physically, financially, vocationally, mentally. How do we encounter God in such a way that all that we do is our worship to God? Not only how we pray and read the Bible, but also how we do our job, how we eat, how we exercise, how we spend money, how we think, even how we feel. Today, we'll talk about emotional health and how to allow God to transform us emotionally. So, here is a Valentine for each of you straight from God. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Every girl wants to get a Valentine like this, right? That's this passionate, this committed. Every guy, too, I know. Um, but do you hear the love in that verse? Do you hear the emotion and the passion? When you love someone, you want them to love you like this too, don't you? You want to hear them say, you are my one and only. Just like God does. Look at this verse. The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. He wants to hear you say, you are my one and only. He wants you to love him with all your heart, passionately and emotionally. Hearts are everywhere at Valentine's Day, right? They're on the cards, they're in the stores, they're everywhere. Um, and the heart is the seat of the emotions. Paul and I were in Carmel a little recently, and I picked up a book that I wanted to share with you because very often in a children's book, you see truths expressed the most clearly and the most simply. So this one is called In My Heart, In My Heart. I know you can't see it very well, but just listen. It's called In My Heart, A Book of Feelings. It says, my heart is full of feelings, big feelings and small feelings, loud feelings and quiet feelings, quick feelings and slow feelings. My heart is like a house with all these feelings living inside. Sometimes my heart feels like a big yellow star, shiny and bright, I smile from ear to ear, and I twirl around so fast, I feel as if I could take off into the sky. This is when my heart is happy. When I get really angry, my heart feels as if it's going to explode. Don't come near me! My heart is yelling hot and loud. This is when my heart is sad. But other times, my heart is cool. I bob along gently like a balloon on a string. My heart feels lazy and slow, as quiet as snowfall. This is when my heart is calm. On harder days, mean words hurt my feelings, and my heart feels hurt too. It's fragile and delicate, but it can be healed with kisses. This is when my heart is broken. Eek! When I see something scary, my heart beats fast. I feel cold, as if a chilly breeze has crawled up my neck, and I run as fast as I can. This is when my heart is afraid. My heart can feel so many feelings, and yours can too. Today, my heart is proud. How does your heart feel? So this book, obviously, is trying to help children understand their emotions trying to help validate how they feel. We've been trying to understand our emotions, adults and children, and control our feelings throughout history. I listened to a TED talk recently, and the speaker was advocating stoicism. And I thought, really? Stoicism, that ancient Greek philosophy that I learned about way back in college? Um, Stoicism defined as the endurance of pain or hardship without any display of feelings. We're not usually drawn to people who are stoic or aspire to be stoic people, but it's one of the many ways that we still are and always have been trying to get a handle on our emotions. I remember when I was young and I used to say to myself, I wish I could get all of my emotional wires clipped. You know, I was just tired of the ups and downs of life and um, just kind of wished it would all stop. Somebody put it this way, dear heart, Please stop getting involved in everything. Your job is to pump blood. That's it. (laughs) Good, huh? You know what they call someone, though, who has no emotions? We call him a psychopath, someone who goes into a school and kills precious children. We can't imagine how somebody can be so callous and disconnected from society to do something like that. We need to feel emotions. Eliminating our emotions is not the answer to dealing with our feelings. But I think we would all agree, emotions can be a blessing, and emotions can be a curse. Emotions are the bane and blessing of our existence. They largely determine our happiness. They can motivate us or paralyze us. There was a time that I felt paralyzed by fear. I had spent some time in Africa doing some missionary work, and I was back to finishing my studies, and I felt God calling me back to Africa. But I was afraid. I had seen some things over there that really made me nervous and made me fearful about the medical care and other things. There was a time where I was asked to take an old lady to the hospital because she had just fallen and broken her collarbone. So I had a truck, and I took her in my old truck on some bumpy roads to the hospital where she stood in line for several hours, only to hear at the end of the day We're closing up for the day, come back tomorrow and try again. Those kind of things scared me. And one day, a visiting missionary was passing through, and so I thought, okay, I'll reach out and ask him for some advice. So I told him what I was struggling with, and he told me to make a list of the top 10 worst things that could happen to me if I returned back to Africa. So I went home, got out a piece of paper, and I made my list. And I wrote down, my husband could get sick and die didn't have a husband, not even a boyfriend yet, but I figured that would be a bad thing. I I wrote, uh, my children could get sick and die. So on, I continued the list. And at the end of that list, I concluded, no, if God is with me, if where I'm supposed to be, and I'm relying on him as I should, then I can trust him to walk through anything with me. It completely transformed my thinking. So I went back to Africa for for a couple of years where I had malaria a time or two, went through some other challenges, of course. But as you can see, God got me through that and um, other challenges. And really, all that worry was for nothing. You know, sometimes we hold ourselves back and cause ourselves um, emotional pain by fearing what might happen. What if I don't ever find a life partner so I won't even try? What will I do if I lose my job? What well, I do when my children leave home? Fear of the unknown is often worse than the worst thing happening. We fear a lot of things for no reason sometimes. Emotions like fear and worry can hold us back and cause us all sorts of grief. But emotions can be wonderful, right? Feeling fully loved by someone, enjoying the beauty of the beach, seeing our children open their Christmas presents, accomplishing a challenging goal. Man, experiencing those things are great, but even painful emotions can be helpful. Experiencing fear that steers us away from danger, heartbreak that leads you away from the wrong person, or toward helping someone in need. Emotions, good and bad, can be God's gift to us. Now, if we're going to strive for emotional health, we need to understand the nature of our emotions. So let's do that. Understanding my emotions on your outline, understanding my emotions... First, God has emotions. God has emotions. He is both spirit and soul, as are we. Soul implies sensation, feelings, appetites, and since we are created in His image, we have emotions. He made us with emotions, and that is a good thing. So in Genesis 1, it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. We have emotions because God has emotions. You know, God gave us the book of Psalms to help us understand our emotions. Every possible emotion is covered there so that we can see how to commune with God on a heart level through the ups and downs of life. And then there are the Gospels. The Gospel writers paint a portrait of Jesus as very emotional. Check this out. He was angry, indignant, consumed with zeal, troubled, greatly distressed, Sorrowful, depressed, deeply moved. He grieved, he sighed, he wept and sobbed. He groaned, he was in agony. He was surprised and amazed. He rejoiced very greatly and was full of joy. He greatly desired and he loved. Not stoic, was he? In our quest to be like Jesus, we often overlook his emotions. But Jesus reveals what it means to be fully God and fully human. His emotions reflect the image of God without any deficiency or distortion. When we compare our emotional lives to his, we become aware of our need for transformation and our emotions, of our emotions, so that we can be truly fully human as he was. Emotions make us human like Jesus. And it's been said emotions make us human. Denying them makes us beasts. Having emotions makes us fully human, and therefore like Jesus, who was fully human. So never apologize for being sensitive or emotional. Let this be a sign that you've got a big heart and aren't afraid to let others see it. Showing your emotions is a sign of a big heart and of strength, and I would add, of being like God, like Jesus. So emotions come from God, They make us truly human. That's good, but there's a flip side to this, right? Because three, feelings are often unreliable. Feelings are often unreliable and they can lead you in the wrong direction. Anyone here ever uh, been in a bad relationship? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Made a bad financial decision because you fell in love with that Lexus? Well, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it, God said through Jeremiah. Been taken advantage of by a manipulator, like an open city with no defenses, is the man with no check on his feelings. Lost your temper or, did, or hurt someone with your words, did something else you regretted later on, so on and so on. Boy, life groups are going to be interesting this week as we share some of those stories. Don't miss it. But our emotions can make us do things that we might otherwise be too wise to do. Because we've believed the lie that we should do whatever feels good, follow your heart. But the truth is number four, if our feelings are in control, God isn't. If our feelings are in control, God isn't. When we give our lives to God, that includes our emotions. And remember, you can't serve two masters. So if we let our emotions lead us, then God can't. Emotions make good partners, but bad masters. Just ask Solomon, the, the wisest man on earth, and yet he had a thousand wives and concubines. He built, false, he built altars to false gods out of false emotions. Ask Peter, who um, denied Christ three times out of fear. We don't want to be ruled by our emotions or manipulated by our moods, or manipulated by others. We want to give God control of our emotions, and we want to enjoy the blessing side of our feelings, not the cursed side. But how do we do that when our emotions are constantly battling each other for control of our lives? We need to learn to manage our emotions, to control them before they control us. You can't be spiritually mature if you're emotionally immature," says Peter Scazzaro, uh, author of The Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, a great book if you're interested in this topic. If you don't manage your emotions, they will manage you, they will lead you around by the nose. Now some say, I can't help the way I feel, I just get angry, I'm just sad, I'm just a worry wart. But feelings are like waves. You can't stop them from coming, but you can decide which ones to surf. It's good, huh? Which ones will take you for a ride. So what do you do when that unwanted emotion comes along? You're feeling out of whack. You know it could be harmful. How do you respond to that unwanted feeling? First, name it. On your outline, name it. Identify it. What am I really feeling? Now, this may take some time to figure out. We're not always very in touch with our feelings. Um, David, in Psalms, admitted his struggle with this. He said, my thoughts are restless and I'm confused. In another Psalm, he said, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? He was wrestling with this, and that was good. Because if you can't name it, you can't change it. We need to work on our self-awareness, learn to be in tune with our feelings, because if you are tuned, tuned out of your own emotions, you'll be poor at reading them in other people. You can't manage a vague, fuzzy feeling, so name it. And once you've named it, then challenge it. Challenge it. Don't just let every emotion that comes along set up camp in your life. Ask yourself, what is the source What is the source? What is really the real reason you're feeling this way? What is the source and the reason for the unwanted emotion? Maybe it's not just entirely that your friend canceled your lunch date. Maybe it's that you feel disappointed because you were criticized at work. Maybe you're stressed because you stood in line too long for lunch and it made you late. Peel the onion and try to get to the core of the matter. Otherwise, you might think the source is something else or someone else and take it out on someone else, your coworker, your friend, your spouse, your children. Maybe your feelings are exaggerated because you're tired and you just need a nap, or maybe it was bad pizza. Do you feel guilty because you grew up thinking you always had to please everyone else? Why are you angry? I'm not angry, I'm just frustrated. They say that anger is the second emotion. It always follows something else, something deeper. And getting to the core of understanding what the cause is, is great progress toward addressing that issue. We have this Wednesday an anger management workshop in here, and it's not too late to jump in on that. The information's in your program. Um, here at the Fremont campus, but we have had an overwhelming response to our anger management workshop. And that tells me something about you, not what you're thinking. It tells me that you're open to gaining some tools to learn to becoming more like Christ in your emotions. And that is a good thing. Good job, Crossroads. Also, ask God for help in sorting out your feelings. In the Psalms, David asked God to evaluate his feelings. He said, Examine me, O Lord, and try me. Test my mind and my heart. Ask God for help. Ask a friend for help, too. Gain another perspective. Job's friend Eliphaz asked him, Why has your heart carried you away? And why do your eyes flash? That was his poetic way of saying, Why are you really so upset and angry? Let me show you a different way of looking at this and of thinking about this. Because We know that wrong thinking leads to wrong emotions, wrong feelings. And once you've tried to understand why you feel the way you do, then ask, is it true? Is it true? So Martha was upset with her sister Mary in the Bible for not helping her enough in the kitchen. Jesus came to visit, and he helped her gain perspective on her feelings by challenging those feelings. He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is important. Mary, I should say Mary on your outline, not Martha, Mary has chosen what is better, what is truer. The truth is, Jesus said, I am only here for one meal. Are you really going to let your need to feel like a great hostess to, to make you miss the opportunity to sit with me and be with me? Man, Martha... Almost missed it. Imagine that. She almost missed Jesus. Um, So ask, what is true? Then ask, what else might be going on? What else might be going on? Ask, is the way I'm thinking of the situation absolutely true, or is there another way to look at it? Maybe that mean clerk at the store who ticked you off has had a bad day. Or maybe that person who cut you off on the freeway Maybe they were on their way to an emergency, a baby to be born. Maybe they got a call that their child was home bleeding. Maybe they're, they got a call from the transplant list. Who knows? Maybe something else is going on. Maybe we can assume the best before we know the details. You, we, you and I would probably be a lot less upset um, about things sometimes if we knew what was going on in someone else's life. You know, there is a way, it says in Proverbs, there is a way that seems right to a person, but in the end, it leads to death. So challenge the emotion make sure you know the root cause of it, that it's based on truth, and that you're seeing the situation objectively for what it is. And then three, change it. Change it. Now, some again say, well, that's just the way I am. I'm a worrier or I have my father's temper. I just can't change, right? You know, in the field of psychology, there is a total control theory of emotions that says no matter what's going on, you can choose whether to be angry or calm, resentful or forgiving. It's all up to you. But there's also a no control theory of psychology that says you feel what you feel and there's nothing you or anyone else can do about it. So which is it, right? When an emotion starts welling up inside you, what can you do? What can you do? So the next time an emotion starts welling up inside of you, you feel that unwanted feeling creeping up on you, try this, try this. First, identify the appropriate emotional response. Maybe think of someone you consider to be emotionally healthy. Jesus would be a good example and ask, how would they feel? How would Jesus feel in this situation? Then do what 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says. It says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. What a practical verse in our lives. It's worth memorizing. Um, take captive every thought and, and make it obedient to Christ. So suppose it's 12 noon on Valentine's Day and my son hasn't called me yet. So I have a thought that says, he didn't call me, so he doesn't love me. Now, I know that's not the appropriate mature emotional response, but I can either say stuck there, feeling hurt and unloved, or I can grab hold of that thought and say, Jesus, take this thought, line it up with truth, and make it obedient to you. Transform this feeling, God. Sometimes I physically do that. I grab the thought and say, here it is, Jesus, right? Um, And God helps me to not let my emotions take control of me, but to let his spirit take control of me instead. Um, When we take our thoughts and feelings captive instead of letting them take us captive, and we submit them to Christ, much of our needless pain can go away. And by the way, my son did call me later that afternoon on Valentine's Day. (laughs) So I wish I could tell you that it is always as simple as saying, WWJF, what would Jesus feel, and dismissing the emotion. But we know that it's not always that simple, right? Sometimes it is necessary to do something else to manage our emotions. That is number four, process it, process it especially in the big significance, significant events of life or with emotions that you've been dealing with for a long time, we need to do this, and we need to do this with any kind of loss, for sure. And there are many types of loss, not just loss of a loved one, which is, is always a big deal, but also relational separation, graduation, relocation, rejection, job loss, home loss, dream loss, if you don't process these emotions in a healthy way, a painful emotion such as grief has a way of catching up, on, catching up with you and coming back to bite you in a way that's more painful than if you just allowed yourself to feel it in the first place. In insomnia, depression, bitterness, an inability to connect with others, physical illness, they can all result. Denying them doesn't work. Some of you may have seen a commercial lately about a lady who, it's a pharmaceutical commercial. She has psoriasis and she keeps talking to people and having to turn down social engagements because she's embarrassed about her skin. And she keeps saying, it's fine, it's fine. You've seen that one? And we all, the the obvious message of that commercial is what? It's not fine, right? It's not fine. Just saying you're fine and denying how you feel doesn't work. How many of us have tried that before, right? Right? How are you? Fine. I'm fine. We're not always fine. We've all tried to deny a painful emotion. Say, nope, I'm not going to be sad about this. I'm going to paint on a smile. Put on a happy song I'm, I'm happy Come along if you feel Come on, sing with me. Do a little dance. I'm happy, Come along. Yeah, yeah like OK, so it might work for a little while. It makes you feel good, right? But in the long run, it's not going to last forever. right? If a difficult emotion is suppressed, it will likely cause you distress. It will cause you distress. God gave me emotions so I could experience life, not destroy it. So don't let denial of painful feelings destroy any part of your life, but process them. Now, how? How do you process them? You take a little time to look at it to feel it, to deal with it in a healthy way so that it doesn't grab hold of you in an unhealthy way. Sit with it. Go off for a little time and breathe with it. Take a walk in nature. Write about how you feel. Again, read the book of Psalms and see how David processed his emotions, poured them out to God verbally and in writing, and you do the same. When you experience a great loss in life, you should feel sad. It is the appropriate response, and it tells you that your heart is still beating. Now, another important part of processing it is to share it. Somehow share it with somebody. Talk to a friend. Some of you need to take a risk and reach out to someone who can be a friend for you and talk through some of the things that you are feeling and going through. But sometimes we want to hold it in. If you don't have a friend, go to a life group and make a friend. Find someone you can talk to. And then sometimes it's very, it's best, it's necessary to talk to a professional counselor. I am so excited that Jim Matthews, who gave our message last week, is going to be available here at Crossroads in about a month or so, once in a while for, um, on a weekly basis, for us to make appointments and see a professional counselor. I'm really happy that we will have that resource. So let's take a look at an example of processing emotions from the life of Jesus. Jesus. Just before he was arrested in Matthew 26, it says, He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee, the two sons of Zebedee, some friends, along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus took time in the midst of the most difficult evening of his, of his entire life to go off into nature in the Garden of Gethsemane and prayerfully process what he was feeling. He was honest about his strong emotions. He relied on some friends to go through it with him. He made an effort to change what was happening, but he ultimately surrendered to God's will above his own needs and feelings. So to succeed in life, to have good relationships, to be pleasing to God, to be spiritually healthy, you need to learn to master your emotions and to have control over them. Identify, challenge, change, and process how you feel. This is the beginning of emotional self-care. Then what can you do on a daily basis to strengthen your emotional health so that when difficult emotions arise, you're ready for them? What can we do for ongoing emotional transformation? Well, first, every day, ask God to fill you with his spirit. Ask God to fill you with his spirit. When emotions come out of you, when the pressure's on at work or at home, what is, um, what will come out of, when emotions come in you, (laughs) what will come out of you is the same stuff that you put inside you. If I squeeze a tube of toothpaste, putting pressure on it, guess what's going to come out? What's in it, right? In Galatians 5, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Boy, if I just have those three in me. Love, joy, and peace. Man, I'm good to go. I can face the world, right? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Self-control comes from God control. And if we ask God to put in us the things that make us emotionally strong and healthy, that's what will come out in the heat of the moment. Then... Just like veggies can transform our bodies, a regular diet of God's word, our spiritual food changes us, transforms us into who we were meant to be. So, too, every day, let God's word transform you. Every day, let God's word transform you. Listen to the words of change in this passage. You might underline them as we're reading through. Words of change. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching... For showing people what is wrong in their lives, for correcting faults, and for teaching how to live right. Using the scriptures, the person who serves God will be capable of having all that is needed to do every good work. So make it a habit of feeding on God's word, spending time reading the Bible every day, and you will see God change you before your very eyes. Because as you read the words of the prophet Joel, who says to himself, his self-talk was, let the weak say, I am strong. And then you'll read the words of the apostle Paul who said, I have learned the the secret to being content in every situation. Man, that is gold right there. And you'll also read what God said to Joshua. He said, be strong and courageous. Just like he said to me, whatever happens, the Lord will be with you wherever you go and so on and so on. And that will replace fear in your life with trust in God. So walk by the word of God, not by your emotions. Walk by the word of God, not by your emotions. Let's put emotions in their rightful place in our lives, not on the throne of our lives. Let's not deny them or let them control us. Because when we receive the spirit of God in our hearts and then meditate on the word of God, we will be transformed and he'll help us to become like Christ in all areas, including our emotions. And that's when our feelings are our friends, not our foes. So we want to thank God for his ability, for our ability to feel emotion and ask for his help um, to steward our emotions as a gift from him. Let's go ahead and go to God in prayer for just a moment. God, we thank you so much for the happy, blissful times, for the feelings of peace and love and joy and excitement. And then we lean on you in times of grief and sadness, and we trust you with our fears and doubts. Thank you for the example of Jesus, for the presence and power of your spirit that lives in us. Transform us, God. Thank you that you never leave us or forsake us, but you give us all that we need to live a life that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.